Good CEOs build and maintain successful companies. Great CEOs build and maintain influential ones. We're connecting with successful business leaders on how to create the impact within your organization that transforms it into one of influence at the CEO Roundtable. Welcome to the CEO Roundtable. I'm your host, Jenny Raymer. Today I'm joined by Amber Faruqi. Amber, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to not only have you share your story, but your mission, because it's powerful, and I think it's one that needs to be shared. Thank you. I'm so excited to be on here. I got you. We have to have each other, right? I know. That's what it's all about. Yes. So tell me a little bit about your journey into where you are today. Yeah, I started at a very young age, like getting into entrepreneurship and just this business space and where I am today. Started off really young, I would say. 16, 17 years old was actually where it all began. Um, I had a lot of things going on in my family at that time. So I ended up actually moving down to Mexico, a completely foreign country to be homeschooled. And while I was being homeschooled, my dad had a vacation home there. So he told me if I want to be homeschooled, I need to experience different cultures and live a little, right? Mm. So I ended up moving there. Took a lot of convincing to be homeschooled, but ended up happening. And then Moved there, had like a private tutor and all that stuff. And while I was there, just being in Mexico, I didn't know the language. I didn't know the culture. I didn't know. I didn't have friends there. I didn't really have family there. My dad was constantly traveling for work. So I was basically alone and I needed to find something to keep me busy. Hmm. And uh, there was a gym and I was very insecure with my body at that time. So I ended up just going to the gym, watching YouTube videos, learning how to gain muscle (laughs) and have a better Hmm. body. So I started doing that. And during that time, I also started getting into social media and documenting my journey, just sharing about me living in a different country and being homeschooled, as well as going to the gym and all these things, right? Mm. So then over time, a lot of people started just reaching out and noticing the differences in my body. And they started asking me if I would train them. And I was like, I don't really think I can train you. Like, I'm just watching YouTube videos. Like, I can send you the YouTube videos, but I don't know what I'm doing either, you know? But clearly people saw benefits. And then My senior year, I ended up moving back to Illinois and to do like graduation prom, all that stuff. And then I started training my friends just for fun, um, basically to see like, you know, they wanted me to train them. So I started training them and then they started noticing differences in their bodies. So I was like, wow, what I'm doing is actually not only beneficial for me, but I can actually help other people too. So then I talked to my dad about it, him being an entrepreneur. He told me, start charging people, turn it into a business. So in the beginning, I felt really weird doing that. I didn't charge my friends and stuff. Then over time, I started charging people who reached out to me on social media to come out with workout plans for them and all of that. And long story short, that kind of just progressed. And then that was like my first step into entrepreneurship and where things kind of began and how my journey started. It was, you know, doing fitness coaching and just getting into social media, building a personal brand. And then um, I'm sure we can go more into the story a little bit, but I guess like that kind of escalated me into where I am today. But that was like my first endeavor. It was turning just a passion into my career, which I never had planned. It wasn't what I saw myself doing at all. I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur and business owner, but I didn't think that like fitness was that for me. Right. The stepping, the first stepping stone into entrepreneurship. Yeah. Were there areas in the living abroad that you've sort of applied into starting your business that maybe people that haven't lived abroad would know or, you know, concepts or, you know, thinking of other, you know, other views than yeah. just the one that you're living in, right? right. Um, how, how 
Tell me about that. Definitely. I think being able to like traveling in general, I recommend it for everybody. I feel like that teaches you so, so much about life and about yourself and about other people. And you're not so closed minded. And I learned that clearly at a very young age, around 14, 15 is when I moved um, to Mexico and did that. So I was able to learn a lot of things from a lot of different people. I grew up around a family that was pretty well off. So being able to like move to Mexico and see different you know, backgrounds of people coming from not a lot, it made me realize like, wow, like to be way more grateful, to be way more just like thankful for the things that you have. And I realized that over there, they like prioritized family so much, like their connections were so important to them. And in America, that's not like in the US, it's not as common, I felt. And that was shocking to me. Um, but I did learn a lot, definitely. It taught me a lot about culture. taught me a lot about understanding where other people come from, from different backgrounds and mm. accepting them for not being the same as me or not having my same point of view. Yeah. So that helps for sure in business, obviously, relating to people. Right. And I think, you know, the word that stuck out most to me was family. And the fact that you've created a sisterhood mm-hmm. is a family. Yeah. So you sort of applied that um, importance that you learned abroad to your your business structure, yeah. which which is awesome, mm-hmm. which is awesome. So tell me about somebody in your family that sort of uh, is currently a business owner or somebody that, you, you know, how, how did you see this throughout your family that and how did you apply it to your business? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so mainly I come from a Middle Eastern Indian background and a lot of the women in my family don't necessarily work. Like my grandma, my mom growing up, they didn't ever have a job before. Mm -hmm. They weren't educated. They didn't go to school. It was mainly the men in my family providing. And my grandpa was the first who came to the U.S. and he started his own businesses doing a bunch of different things and then my dad got into it. So I just grew up seeing them obviously and they were very inspiring to me. And then I saw I saw kind of the best of both worlds, right? Like seeing at-home mom doing those things, but then I also saw hard, a hardworking parent as well. Um, so I think definitely my dad has inspired me a lot in my entrepreneurship journey. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have probably started the businesses yeah. that I have or been able to do the things that I've been able to do at a young age. Even when I was being homeschooled, he was teaching me about like taxes and buying properties and doing things that you don't learn at 14, 15 years old, mm. you know? So I was very blessed to be able to have a father who, you know, was kind of revolved and like around those type of things. He taught you to be financially sound. Mm -hmm. And that was huge because then over time when my grandpa passed away, I saw my grandma struggle a ton because Mm. she relied on my grandpa. And then my parents got divorced and I saw my mom struggle a ton because she revolved like she relied on my dad. Correct. You know, so that was something also like I look up to my grandma and mom a lot, but I also see the things that they've been through and I never want to go through that. Mm. So, yeah. In terms of um, growing your your journey into the sisterhood, I know before that you did this book, mm-hmm. you know, writing your journey through, through fitness. Mm-hmm. How did you veer into where you are now? Yeah, so I ended up writing the book during a really rough time. In my life, um, I was obviously doing fitness coaching, and then I ended up getting diagnosed with stage four endometriosis. Wow. And then I ended up having to have a surgery for that, and then I was in bed rest for a couple months. So during that time, I ended up writing my book called Finding Your Fit, A Guide Mm. to Living Your Best Life. 
And it's basically about the five dimensions of wellness. So your physical, your mental, emotional, spiritual, and social well-being and how to master Mm. all five to live a well-rounded life. Because I feel like when I... I was very insecure about my body, right? And then I got it to a place where I wanted it to be. And then that became my career. And people looked at me as like, wow, you have this body that I want. And that was great and all, but that wasn't really where I saw myself. I didn't want people to just buy into my business because of the way I looked. That's mm-hmm. not, I felt like there was more to me yeah, than just, just my look. Just the surface. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's more. Right. So then... I knew that that wasn't a forever thing for me. So then I ended up writing the book after my surgery because I felt like being fit, I thought it was the physical appearance for so long, Mm. but it's so much more. It's all five of those things that I mentioned. So I wrote the book and then in less than 24 hours, it hit bestseller all due to social media, personal Mm. branding, all those things. And around that time, I invested a lot of my time and energy and money into, you know, mentors and networking and events and just surrounding myself with the right people. Mm. And that's what allowed me to kind of have a successful fitness coaching business and then have a book that ended up becoming successful. And then from there, I ended up transitioning into business coaching. I started off in the fitness industry, helping gyms and fitness coaches and other people scale. And then from there, um, I still do business coaching and consulting, Mm. but to all different types of niches like um, service providers and all of that. And then recently started the sisterhood community. Wow. And it's so refreshing to hear especially a woman being so proud of investing in herself. I can hear multiple multiple ways where you took time to educate yourself. Um, even in childhood, your dad teaching you how to manage money and how to invest properly and the importance of that foundation. And then for you to talk to people and have mentors to help build where you are now. It takes steps, right? Mm-hmm. Being your own boss is not easy and it's not something done overnight and it takes a lot of work and I can hear that a lot in what you're saying so you go girl thank you (laughs) (laughs) so tell me about the sisterhood and how you feel that this has created a community of growth yeah so I started the sisterhood community kind of for selfish reasons actually because as I was investing my time and money into these events and networking and all this stuff, I realized it was very male dominant. The rooms I was in, it was mainly men, you know, and I would see a few female here and there, but they were there just to support their husband or just be there to tag along. I'm like, what? Yeah. Why? Um, And I was there with all these goals and ambitions and everything. And then when I would talk to these females and tell them about my goals, they would be like, I actually had a dream to do this or start this business or X, Y, and Z. I'm like, you're in the exact place that you need to be in order to turn that dream that you have into reality. Take Mm. advantage of being here. But I felt women were very, they just felt not empowered. They felt like they weren't capable. They didn't have the ability to do it that men were superior to them or whatever it was. They had their own, you know, doubts. So I ended up wanting to start a community for that reason, basically bringing women together to empower each other and help each other grow and actually be supportive of Mm -hmm. one one another. And yeah, that's kind of how that ended up happening. And when you were in these these rooms or networking events, did you ever come across women that you would rather not be in the room with or that weren't supportive or that weren't empowering and how did you overcome those moments? 
Definitely. There's been quite a few times when I've been in those rooms, you know, if there was like a female speaker on stage, I would be all like, yes, this is amazing. I want to do this one day. Right. Mm -hmm. And I would see other females in the room just being like, oh, why is she up there? Why is she dressing like that? Why is she this, this and that? I'm like, do you not hear what she's saying, though? Like, why are you so focused on her physical appearance yeah, and, and she's focused wearing. on things that don't matter. Like, it makes no sense to me. Um, I've called girls out about that before a few times, but sometimes it's just like, I'll just keep my mouth shut at times. Right. Too. But sometimes it's hard for me. I'm like, I have to say something because right. Right. I can't just sit here and listen half the time. When or, Amber, you can create a community of, of sisterhood that, exactly. that's doing the opposite. I yeah. mean, uh, me personally, I've been in that situation more often than not, especially in the corporate world. Mm-hmm. Um, where you just feel like you should be looking up to this person. You know, they're, they're, they're awesome at it. You're, you're giving them the applause, but then they're not giving it back, right? Yeah. Um, they're absorbing it rather than sharing it. So mm-hmm. I'm happy to hear that you, you saw the, the need, yeah. right, for a community of empowerment that actually does it. Really does it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are there any um, people that you feel that you're competing with or have tried to do what you're doing and how do you set yourself apart from everyone else? Yeah, that's happened a lot to me where in the beginning of when I got into this like entrepreneurship space and putting myself out there and, you know, reaching success, I feel like I saw a lot of people copying the things that I was doing and it would bother me. And Mm -hmm. and initially it bothered me um, because I'm, I was like, I'm taking so much energy and effort doing this and you're just copying exactly what I posted or, doing the things that I, it took me years to figure out to do, right? Yeah. So that would bother me. But then over time, I just realized that they can't be me anyways. As, long as You can try, but you can't, you know, and right. I can't be them. So it's like, why even stress about it? Yeah. So at this point, I'm, I really don't, it doesn't faze me as much anymore. Sometimes it gets a little annoying, but it's not as triggering. But I came across that a lot. Yeah. Um, and I feel like the whole competition thing, I don't really see any competition anymore. When I was in the fitness industry, I saw a ton. Mm. But now in the industry and just me evolving as a person as well, I've realized that there's 100 million business coaches out there. I'm sure there's 100 million authors and speakers and doing the things that I'm doing, right? right? But there's only one me. So right. there, I really don't feel like I'm in competition. Right. Um, so, yeah. And how do you how do you go about ensuring that every event or every next event that you do is different than the other and what do you choose or how do you create your your motivation for these events you know like what's the what are the themes and things of that nature yeah I think each event in itself will help motivate the next one I just see the empowerment that's being done the connections that are Mm -hmm. made the people who are actually benefiting from this and that just makes me want to do it more and more every year um I learn from the community, too. They think that, like, oh, I'm teaching them and I'm providing this. But the community provides for me more than mm. I probably provide for them, to right. be honest. So I feel like that is what fuels me and makes me continue doing what I'm doing. I'm, I'm like, currently have been going through a lot of things personally in my life. And I have the conference coming up in August, right? And I just felt at a place where I'm like, I don't know if I can do this, mm. right? A couple months ago, I felt that way. Even a couple weeks ago, I felt that way. And then I realized I'm doing it for them, though. This isn't about me. It's not Mm. this isn't about me at all. So it kind of helps with. Yeah. The moment you do it for someone else, it becomes a totally different thing than you may even have thought it would be in the beginning. And I want to ask you this because you are a CEO, you are a boss, right? What is one thing that you you have done to change or pivot from a hard 
spot that you ran into? How did you overcome? What was it and how did you overcome it? Because I think a lot of people that want to start a business or maybe have, but mm-hmm. they're not growing at the momentum that they want. They want to know what what did they do to get over it? Like what what can I do to next time to yeah. elevate? Right. I would love to say that there's like one thing that you can do and this is how you reach success, but it just doesn't work like that. Mm. It is... I feel like it goes back down to your mindset and perspective and how you look at things. That's huge. That's why when I'm coaching and consulting my clients, I, from the bat, I talk about mindset before anything. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I need you guys to be in the right mindset before moving forward because the strategies and stuff, they can work. They will work. But if you're not in the right mindset as we're doing these things, they're not going to work to the best Mm -hmm. So I think it's definitely how you're looking at things. Like when my parents got divorced and everything, I started failing school, right, and doing all these things. And I could have just sat there and been a failure, but I decided I want to be homeschooled. I want to take action. I want my life to actually be really, really good. And I ended up putting together that presentation and showing it to my parents and telling them, this is why I want to be homeschooled. That was like my first sale. I always call it my first sale. Love that. (laughs) And I I showed them, like, I, I need to be homeschooled for these reasons. I took action on it. And I had like a different mindset towards it. Same thing with just like everything. Like even after my surgery, my whole, you know, I built that body up and that was like part of my business. And then it went all the way back down, right? Before right. my surgery, everything that I built, I lost. And I could have looked at it as I'm never going to do this again. I just, you know, I can get a normal job and just be, you mm. know, comfortable. But I didn't want that. I wanted more for myself. And it just goes down to, you know, I think mindset and looking at the bigger picture and having goals behind mm. what you're doing and a reason, like a why, just having a why behind everything. I love that. Yeah. What advice would you give to the girls out there? that either want to be part of a sisterhood that can't find one or what advice would you give to a girl out there that's wants to do more but doesn't know where to start definitely find a mentor or a coach or someone who you can relate to that was huge for me for sure um Also, if you want to be part of a community, just finding a community that you feel actually comfortable in. There's a lot of communities Mm -hmm. out here, but they're not fulfilling their message. So just finding something that really, really goes with what, you know, where your beliefs are and everything and actually standing by that. Because I see a lot of females out here. I'm not trying to call anyone out, but I feel like I feel like I do see a lot of females out here who say they want to be supportive and empowering and all these things. But then they come into the community and they're the complete opposite. So if you're saying you want to be those things, really be those things, Mm. you know? Um, So that's really important. Yeah. Lead through action. Yeah. Practice what you preach. Yes. And I think it's important that you listen to somebody who's doing what you want to do and doing it well. Yeah. And being okay with saying, I need help. Mm -hmm. I need help. Yeah. That's huge. I'm so excited. By the way, I am sponsoring your upcoming event. Um, in August. Yes. I'm so excited about it. So tell me a little bit about your event and then how we can find you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm super excited. Can't wait for you to sponsor. You sponsored last year too. So that was so exciting. So last year was our first year. This is our second annual sisterhood conference. It is going to be in Barrington, the town that I grew up in. So I'm really excited. You're bringing it back at, home, girl. Yep. <laughs> it's at the Barrington White House. Um, it is a two-day event. VIP tickets are actually already sold out. But the first day is a VIP pampering pajama party night just to you know let loose get to know some of the people who are going to be there have fun relax get pampered with some services and then the next day is the main event where it will be all day long with speakers coming from all different states to talk about different topics sponsors coming from all different areas um 
yeah, just a bunch of things like that. So it's going to be great. It's going to be super, super fun. A bunch of female leaders, female who want to get into business. It's not only for business owners, but it's just for female leaders who want to be a part of a community and really empower other women and just support one another and learn and grow, whether it's business or life, because you're not meant to do business or life alone. Like, I don't think that you're meant to do that. So... Yeah, just building a community that can help you and guide you. So, yeah, that's that. You can find me on all social media platforms, Amber Faruqi, and the link to the Sisterhood Conference is in my bio as well. I love it. Just coming from somebody who had actually been to the event, I love it. I think it's edgy. Mm -hmm. I think it's inviting. And I think it's a new way of community through action. Yeah. So I'm so excited that you're here. I can't wait for people to see what you accomplish next. And I can't wait to be a part of it. Thank you. I you're welcome. Thank you so much. You're welcome, girl. You're awesome. <laughs>